This is video podcast 29 from learningradiology.com. Ten more great cases. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. These cases are drawn from the archives of the case of the week from learningradiology.com on the web. Treat each of them as an unknown. They're going to be in all different organ systems and at different levels of expertise. Since the findings have to be visible on a very small screen, we'll zoom in on the findings and make use of the pause control on your computer or MP3 player as you ponder the cases. So this is the first case. It's a 63-year-old male with a cough. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of silicosis with progressive massive fibrosis. The black arrows are pointing to conglomerate areas of silicotic nodules which have coalesced at the apices of the lungs. The red arrow is pointing to peripheral calcification of hilar lymph nodes, which is called eggshell calcification and is seen primarily in silicosis and sometimes in sarcoidosis. And inside the red circle, you can see some of the small silicotic nodules at the base of the lung. Silicosis is due to exposure to silica or quartz particles, especially in mining, for example, in coal mining. These are small punctate nodules. Sometimes they calcify in the lung. They usually affect the upper lobe more than the lower lobe. The hilar lymph nodes can undergo eggshell calcification and conglomerate nodules can gather at the lung apices along with fibrosis known as progressive massive fibrosis. This is the second case. It's a 71-year-old with fever and pain. Two CT scans of the upper abdomen with contrast. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of emphysematous pancreatitis. You'll notice that there is gas in the bed of the pancreas and in the pancreas itself in both of these images. Emphysematous pancreatitis is a severe complication of pancreatitis. Pancreatic necrosis on CT can be recognized by a focal unenhanced area of the pancreas, usually greater than three centimeters in length. There may be bubbles of gas in the pancreas or the retroperitoneum from E. coli infection. Emphysematous pancreatitis carries a grave prognosis. The next case is a 63-year-old with pain and swelling in the wrist. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of calcium pyrophosphate deposition disease, arthropathy, CPPD arthropathy. You'll notice that this red arrow is pointing to calcification in the triangular fibrocartilage of the distal ulna. This is chondrocalcinosis. The other red arrow is also pointing to an area of dystrophic calcification. And the black arrow is pointing to the capitate, which has collapsed proximally into a space that has been left by separation or dissociation of the scaphoid and the lunate bones. This is an example of scapholunate advanced collapse. CPPD arthropathy is due to the deposition of calcium pyrophosphate crystals in the joint. It resembles osteoarthritis. There may, however, be calcification of the triangular fibrocartilage, scaphalunate advanced collapse, or SLAC, as in this case. It also may produce large subchondral cysts. 
and there may be hooks seen on the head of the metacarpals in the second through fourth fingers. The next case is a 41-year-old who was involved in a motor vehicle accident. These are two views from a CT retrograde cystogram. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of an intraperitoneal bladder rupture. The white arrows are pointing to contrast which has left the bladder due to the perforation and is surrounding the loops of bowel. In this second image, you see additional contrast, which is extraluminal to the bladder, surrounding adjacent loops of bowel. Intraperitoneal bladder ruptures are less common than the extraperitoneal form of bladder rupture. Usually, these occur when the bladder is distended. The bladder dome is the weakest point, and it is the first that tends to rupture. Contrast may be seen in the paracolic gutters and between loops of small bowel. Bladder ruptures are best seen on contrast CT scans or retrograde cystograms. This is the next case. It's a two-year-old with a cough. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of croup. The red arrow is pointing to dilatation of the hypopharynx. The white arrow is pointing to narrowing of the trachea just past the larynx. Croup or laryngotracheobronchitis is usually viral in origin. It occurs between six months and two years, a younger age than those who get epiglottitis. And the three major findings of croup are haziness or narrowing of the subglottic space, distension of the hypopharynx, and distension of the laryngeal ventricle. The next case is a 57-year-old with a headache. You're looking at pre- and post-contrast images of a CT scan of the brain. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an arteriovenous malformation of the brain. The first image shows a vascular tangle even without contrast enhancement shown by the red arrow. The white arrow is pointing to adjacent edema and to a shift of the midline structures toward the right. In the second image, the red arrow is pointing to the vascular tangle of abnormal vessels that are characteristic of an arteriovenous malformation. Arteriovenous malformations contain at least one enlarged feeding artery and at least one enlarged early draining vein. They may contain more. Vascular tangles are serpiginous and hyperdense collections of abnormal vessels, even seen without contrast. They may contain punctate or curvilinear calcification, and they certainly may enhance. This is the next case, a 26-year-old involved in a motor vehicle accident with neck pain. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of bilateral locked facets. The image has been reversed so that you can see the findings better. The blue arrow is pointing to the superior articulating facet of C6, which lies posterior to the inferior articulating facet of C5, shown by the red arrow. That is the reverse of the normal anatomic relationship between the inferior and the superior articulating facets. The inferior articulating facet of C5, shown by the red arrow, is locked 
anterior to the superior articulating facet of C6. There is an offset of C5 on C6 shown by the green arrow that's equal to at least 50% of the AP diameter of the vertebral bodies. Bilateral locked facets occur because of a severe flexion injury. They usually occur in the lower cervical spine. The superior vertebra subluxes forward by 50% or more on the body below. 85% of these patients have some neurologic deficit. Quadriplegia frequently develops, and there may be a fracture through the posterior elements, which can actually be of benefit since it allows the cord to decompress. This is the next case. This is a 22-year-old with a heart murmur, a PA view of the chest. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of an atrial septal defect. The red arrow is pointing to an enlarged main pulmonary artery. The white arrow is pointing to the fact that the left atrium is not enlarged in this patient. And the red circle is indicating that the vasculature is increased. In a young adult with increased pulmonary vasculature, but an absence of enlargement of the left atrium, atrial septal defects should be considered. Atrial septal defects are the most frequent congenital heart disease initially diagnosed as an adult. The most common type of atrial septal defect is an ostium secundum variety located at the fossa ovalis. Atrial septal defects can be associated with Ellis van Creveld syndrome and Holter-Ram syndrome. This is your next case. It's a 73-year-old who was undergoing a workup for colon carcinoma. Disregard the low-density lesion in the liver. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is a foramen of boctalic hernia. The red arrow in this image is pointing to fat, which has herniated through a defect in the diaphragm. In this image, the red arrow is pointing to the actual defect in the diaphragm itself. Boctalic hernias usually occur as isolated congenital anomalies. They are posterior, more frequently on the left, and usually near the midline. They can contain intestine, stomach, spleen, liver, or the fat of the omentum, as in this case. If large in newborns, they can produce respiratory distress and lead to hypoplasia of the involved lung. This is the last case. It is a 68-year-old with cough and leg pain. These are frontal and lateral views of the distal femur. Pause your computer or MP3 player. This is an example of hypertrophic osteoarthropathy. There is thick, solid periosteal reaction. You'll notice that the periosteal reaction occurs in the metaphysis and the diaphysis, but spares the epiphysis. Hypertrophic osteoarthropathy in its primary form is known as pachydermoperiostitis and is rare. The secondary form is much more common and occurs usually with pulmonary malignancies, bronchogenic carcinoma, or chronic separative diseases, lung abscesses. It usually involves the diaphysis or metaphysis or both, producing a periostitis, which leads to thick periostitis.